Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and ghouls, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always a price. Welcome to the greatest And welcome back to the greatest show on earth that is Talking Terror. As always, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G, welcoming you to this episode of the show, where tonight we're going to be talking about the Med Monkeys film pick of the week, Frankenstein's Army, from 2013, directed by Richard Rappos. Uh So before we get to all that, real quick, uh, the ghoul will not be joining us tonight. Unfortunately, he's a little bit under the weather. Get uh, well soon, ghoul. Hopefully, we'll see him back here next week for his pick. And the dean, he's off camping in fucking Yosemite uh, with his class. So he's doing the dean thing, and he's camping out under the stars. I really wanted to make a Halloween two, uh, Halloween H2O reference, because that's where they were going in that movie, the Yosemite, but they didn't go, so who knows. Uh, but, so we do have the monkey. Uh, we're going to be talking about his film pick. We've got a lot to talk about. So it's just me and the monkey. So there he is, the psychotic simian, the prince of my mother's day. Yes, get funky with him for this show, baby. Oh, yes, yeah, yes, King. We are getting more funky than a sweaty zombie Elvis eating a ham and salami sandwich in a sauna. But you know what time it is, Screen. So slide on those headphones and lay back. Because Talking Terror, your favorite horror podcast in all of the motherfucking land, is ready to educate and entertain the masses as we bring you the best in horror news, nerdgasms, and movie reviews. But if you can't listen live, don't worry, baby, because we have all of Talking Terror's episodes in the catacombs, the deep, 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 deep catacombs that are available on Spotify, available on iTunes, Blog Talk, and wherever the hell else you get your podcast. And just don't forget to stalk our sexy asses at Talking Terror on Facebook and Instagram, baby. What's up, King? <laughs> hey, Mookie. You have it, have you hey. here. Talk about your movie a little later on the show. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, wow, yeah. Yeah, yes. Always coming out with the gate with, with those great intros. I gotta love them. <laughs> you know, it gets me hyped up to do what we do. Every Wednesday night. <laughs> I love cocaine. Yeah, it's so great uh, and appreciated. Uh, so yeah, like I said, the, you know, the the other boys not going to be joining us. Not going to be a problem because we got you covered, baby birds. We're going to feed you. That's what we're going to do. That's what we always do on this show, whether it's just yeah. myself. And the monkey, myself, and the ghoul, we, we just, as I said, one of these days, just going to be fucking myself. And I'm just going to pick a random movie and be like, you know what? You're stuck with me for fucking two hours, and you can listen. But I'm going to talk about this. <laughs> no other opinions needed. <laughs> just the mind. I'm right. You're wrong. <laughs> so let's talk about Prom Night from 1980 and why it's one of the fucking greatest. But what's that? Nobody's going to argue with me? Great. <laughs> Red herrings all over the place. I don't give a shit because I'm going to sit there and t- tell them to y'all, baby. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get them all in. Don't worry, but that's the way it's going to be. So, yeah, uh, so we're going to be talking about Frankenstein's Army later on in the show. Uh, but I wanted to, to kick it off with a couple things before we get into horror news because I do have some things to talk about. Uh, but one of the first things I wanted to talk about was going to the movies last Saturday to go see Studio 666. You know, the newest horror movie that stars the Foo Fighters in a mansion that's haunted and eventually 
possession <laughs> takes place. And yeah, that's pretty much accurate to what happened. But so uh, I went to the movies on Saturday to go see it, and I was the only one in the theater for the 12 o'clock show. And I fucking loved it. I took my shoes off. I was hanging out. I was having a good time. You know, I was just, you know, I like a kid. I was just, like a king, baby. <laughs> right? At the whole theater. Put my feet up. Know? I was like, I could laugh as much as I want. I could just, just have a good time watching the movie. Uh, now, as far as the movie, like I said, the plot revolves around the Foo Fighters going to a haunted uh, mansion-style house where they're going to record a new album, the 10th album. And trying to find inspiration, eventually Satan shows up, and, and all things break down into just wonderful demonic possession slasher territory um, with Dave Grohl. And it's just, it's one of those movies where it knows exactly what it fucking is. Like, it knows that it's a stupid, silly, gory movie that's not taking itself seriously. They're just having fun. Like, the, the, the Foo Fighters themselves, not actors. They don't know how to act, and they're showing it in the movie. They're like, fuck it, whatever. <laughs> You're not coming here to see Tessie performances. Like, Dave Grohl is the only one out of all of them that really could act. Like, because you, you've seen him in music videos and things like that. So he, he does it. He can act. But the rest of the band, uh, yeah. No, they, they were given a script. They had no idea what to do with it. So I think they pretty much just ad-libbed a lot of what they had to say. I mean, it was, it was very funny. A lot of good one-liners. Um, and like what we were talking about, Monkey, last Friday, I didn't realize that the Foo Fighters had so many fucking band members. I was like, that's like yeah, dude. in this band. There's six <laughs> fucking guys in this band. And luckily, the movie does kind of give enough time to all of them, so you kind of get to know their personalities and, and who they are. But I could not tell you that okay, there were cool. six band members in Foo Fighters. <laughs> like, it's Dave Roll, and it's Taylor the drummer, and it's Pat Smear. I'm like, no, there's three other fucking people. <laughs> and luckily, <laughs> they give them time. Um, it's just it, it's one of those movies where it's like an '80s type style movie where it's just it's all about the gore. Forget about the acting. The plot is pretty much barely there, but it's just it's a lot of fun. You know where they go with practical effects. They go with a little bit of CGI. John Carpenter shows up for a cameo. Uh, man, I was kind of hoping he would show up in the Christine car because when he pulls away, he's driving an El Camino. But I was like, man, why couldn't you get that that fury <laughs> <theory?" Yeah. laughs> and have him ride out? But and it's not a, a spoiler for the movie because he's just a sound technician uh, in the movie and he just kind of records their song. But what was most impressive is seeing the Foo Fighters in this movie do like black metal, where it's like you can really see Dave Grohl just fucking headbanging and just playing this riff over and over again. And I was like, wow, they're going like fucking death metal. I was like, this is kind of fucking cool. So I don't know what the Foo Fighters have ever planned for one of their albums, but I would love a full-length, just heavy, heavy metal album from the Foo Fighters. And this movie shows that they can do it. You know, they just make it happen, Dave. Like, you can do it. You did it in this movie. So why not do it uh, in real life? So we'll see. Uh, it's, just, it's unfortunate because I know a friend, uh, he, he messaged me on Facebook about it. He's like, what the fuck is this movie? Like, I've never heard of Studio 666. He's like, what? The Foo <laughs> in a horror movie? I'm like, yeah, do you know? Like, it's, it's on YouTube, and, and you can check out the trailers. But, yeah, this movie was not promoted well. Like, I, I can't recall any no. trailers on TV or on the radio. It's just, like, they just dropped it, and they said, hey, people come to see it, great. If they don't, that's all right, too. It's just unfortunate because <laughs> you think that they would get better, better coverage being into the Foo Fighters, and they're pretty much recognized as a band. It's kind of like, you know, Hard Day's Night and Help and Kiss, you know, meets the Phantom of the Park, which is a favorite of mine because that's a great fan movie. 
It's so over <laughs> How could you not like the Phantom of the Park? Yeah. <laughs> um, it just yeah. harkens back to uh, that. Um, a, fr- a friend of mine, she went this weekend, you know, on, on a date with her husband, and uh, they went Saturday night, and there was five other couples in the the audience with them, and uh, you know, so you, you know, so yeah, like you said, King, you know, wasn't the most well promoted film, you know, just because I tried to share the love out there, you know, just for, just for yeah. bad cheesy shit, you know, with to, to my friends and family out there, and they're all like, what the hell is this, uh, you know. Um, even some of my friends that are huge Foo Fighter fans, they're like, I have not heard of this. Are you sure this is real? I'm like, yes, it's fucking real. <laughs> Go fucking watch it. Support your fucking band. Yeah. But, like, but, there's, um. There's posters out there. It's a real yeah. fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> and and she, she's a good friend of mine, and she just fucking loved it. She said it was just an unapologetic mess of just blood, guts, and gore. She said, you know, makes no apologies at all. Um, you know, it, it, she said it just t- took her back to some of the horror movies that we used to watch back when uh, we were growing up, and it was just so much fucking fun <laughs> to just watch stuff with, with that, uh, you know, um, you know, '90s bubble vibe is how she she took it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would definitely say '90s bubble vibe, you know, '80s slasher. Uh, kills because um, the Red Dead trailer showed a lot, but there's a lot more in the movie that they didn't show you. Where I was like, okay, that's fucking cool. Like, you know, that's how you use a weapon like that. That's how you use a thing like that. Like, it was just, it was very cool. You know, it takes you back to the '80s, like the heavy metal movies that we covered, Black Roses, uh, a couple episodes ago, and, and Rock and Roll Nightmare, like those type of movies. Where, like, Rock and Roll Nightmare is a piece of fucking shit movie, but at the same time, I fucking love it. Because it's so bad. Trick or treat. So terrible. <laughs> oh, trick or treat. Yeah. Oh, my God. With Sammy Carr and the Fast Boy soundtrack. Like, it's such a bad movie, but at the same time, it's fucking good. Like, it's just, I, I can always watch Trick or Treat. And I can always watch Black Roses or Rock and Roll Nightmare. Just because it was uh, that period of the where they're like, fuck the satanic panic. We're all about metal. We're all about Satan. You know, mm. fuck the PMRC. Let's do our movie. It's like, fuck yeah, dude. Go for it. <laughs> Now, do, do you know if um, Foo Fighters actually released a soundtrack for this as their 10th album? Not that I know of, because I know the plot is about their 10th album, but I think that's just the plot for the movie. I don't think it's the actual album that they're going to be releasing. Um, you know, but uh, I mean, it could be. I mean, they could release some tracks, see, you know, for Studio 666. I mean, yeah. <laughs> see, that's just a mismarketing opportunity right there, man. If they had done this right, where they were able to sit there and – be like, okay, here's our 10th album, and it happens to be the soundtrack right. for an upcoming movie, then you would have had, like, you know, dual publicity going on right there, man. Oh, yeah, you definitely could have. I mean, I know that uh, back in L.A., the Foo Fighters went to a couple of the screenings and talked about it, but, you know, it, it's not it, – it's music-heavy in a certain sense where they're playing this track over and over again trying to get it right for the album. And at one point, they're like, well, how long is this going to be? And he's like, uh, well, it's 38 minutes now. And he's like, well, that's good. I think we should close out at 38. He goes, I want to do fucking 45. <laughs> like, this riff doesn't fucking end. Like, this, this track never ends. So it's not, like I said, it's not heavy on the music. You're not going to hear any Foo Fighters music in the movie itself because it's just about this one track that they're trying to do um, that was played by a satanic oh. band yeah, uh, called the Dream Wizard. Uh, so... That's what they're trying to do for the movie. So Dream Wizard. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And it's fucking awesome. But I mean, if you 
if you're going into this movie as a Foo Fighters fan, you're like, oh, man, they're probably going to play Everlong and, and learn to fly. And I was like, no, nah, they're not. <laughs> they, I mean, they do make mention <laughs> of those, but it's really about them trying to find their new sound. And holy shit, Carrie King from Slayer shows up as their fucking roadie, and I was like, that's amazing. That Carrie King is a fucking legend <laughs> in Slayer shows up, and he plays their fucking roadie, whose name is Krug in the movie. Which I was like, oh, that's just fucking perfect. Uh, you know, his name is Krug, and he's a roadie, and it's fucking Gary King. So if you're a metal fan, if you know bands, like, you'll, you'll get it. Like, you'll see it and be like, okay, yeah, I know who he is. Um, I just, I, it's unfortunate because it feels like it's not for everybody. It's like a very niche type of movie. Like, you have to like the Foo Fighters. You've got to be into metal and just understand that this movie is just fucking dumb. Like, they are not serious. Like, they are not, you know, the plot's barely there. They don't care about the plot. They want the gore. And, you know, they want to show this, like, metal side to what they are. So, I mean, if you're into that type of stuff, you're going to love it. Gonna, Otherwise, yeah, I would say, yeah. you know, more mainstream Foo Fighters fans might not like it. Yeah, and I have to admit, though, like, I, you know, me, uh, again, like we said, you know, <clears throat> I'm not a Foo Fighters fan or anything like that. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I, I, I do enjoy David Grohl. I like him as a person. But at the same time, so I nice. never would have imagined – Foo Fighters going and actually doing this project, like actually committing to it, right. you know, writing it and actually, you know, you know, c- committing and doing it all the way instead of going, you know what, let's just turn it to like a couple music videos or something like that. You know, the fact that they went and actually made this film, you know, is pretty fucking awesome. Well, and and Dave Grohl, he did an episode of Hot Ones where he talked about it, and he said that basically he wrote it as a short, where the short was going to be like a 30-minute maybe video where they go to a haunted mansion, Dave gets possessed, kills everybody in the band, and then goes solo. And he's like, so it's a short. Like, it's not going to be very much longer. But then the studio started giving him a lot of fucking money, and he's like, okay, now we're a feature. Now we're 90 minutes. Like, now we're, you know, we're, we're, we are an hour and 50-minute movie. He's like, because they just kept fucking giving me money. And he's like, I don't know. Okay, I'll just make a fucking full-length movie then. <laughs> hour you know, and 50 minutes? It's an hour and 50-minute movie, yeah. But it doesn't feel that way. Wow. It fucking moves. Like, they don't waste any time, and you're so distracted by how over-the-top and silly everything is, um, you know, and, and each of the band members, like I said, getting their own kind of thing to do in the movie, where it's like, okay, well, Rami, he's the keyboardist, but he's also trying to hit on the neighbor, and she makes uh, lemon squares that have cocaine in it for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's but, a powder you know, sugar on top. <laughs> yeah, because he's like, wow, you can really taste the cocaine. She's like, uh-huh. And I was like, see, this is the humor I like. Like, I just, you know, just be as silly as you want. And Will Forte shows up as a delivery driver who just doesn't have enough ranch to give Dave Grohl, and that becomes a whole thing about why can't Dave get ranch. <laughs> like, just silly shit like that that just really made me fucking adore this movie. And then the whole satanic, you know, aspect of it. And once the kills start happening... It's like they, they don't hold back. Like you're going to see some you know, crushed faces and, and bodies being ripped apart. It's, it's amazing. <clears throat> yeah, so, um, you know, according to the Talking Terror page, because, again, that's where you should be going for all of your horror news is the Talking Terror Facebook Absolutely. page. A, and maybe Instagram. But, yeah, the King had reported yeah. that, you know, that, that they've only made $1.5 million off of this movie so far. So, again, this movie hasn't really yeah. been pushed. It's, you know, it didn't have a, a good marketing campaign going on. But if you are a Foo Fighters fan, go and check this movie out and just enjoy the madness that you're going to see on screen. 
So I quit. Go. Yeah. Yeah. Get that. Get that. One point five million. Just a little bit more higher and respectable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, because it, it's it's one of those things where like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You know, the movie we talked about last week. It's like the third biggest you know, viewed movie on Netflix. Like, okay, well, I mean, that was good. But, like, Studio 666 is a theater release, and it features a popular band. Like, you know, it's just, yeah, the marketing was just bad. You know, there should have been trailers on TV. There should have been marketing on, on radio stations. But, no, it's, you know, the studio just wanted to give them a shit ton of money and, and, you know, make this movie. So, you know, God bless the studio for saying, hey, you know, we'll make your movie. We'll give you a ton of money, and hopefully it makes them back. I, I don't think you're going to see a Studio 666 Part 2. Unless it kind of makes more money, which I don't think it's going to. Because some theaters that weren't even playing it. (laughs) Yeah. Because there were some theaters that weren't even playing it. Like the one that I normally go to, Real Cinema, didn't have it. So I had to go to to Benson to see it. So, yeah, like some of the theaters weren't even carrying it. So it was was bizarre. You know, that's just one of those, you know, niche movies. Um, We kind of hope it makes more. But, uh, you know, we'll see what what next weekend holds. I mean, this weekend's going to be tough because the Batman comes out. And that's the one that, like, fucking everybody yeah. wants to go see. And there's, there's some stuff I want to talk about that later. But, yeah, I think that's going to be tough yeah, competition. Yeah, well, you want to you go, you go into that now? Uh, we'll just segue, since we're still talking about theaters and shit like that, you want to talk about that right now with the AMC bullshit yeah, that's me, going on? Yeah, let me scroll down to that real quick because I did have – okay. Uh, where is it? Okay, so we talked about Batman. Matt Reeves' movie, Robert Pattinson playing Bruce, and he's playing the Bat. Uh, so if you're playing this weekend, <laughs> you probably want to avoid an AMC movie theater. And, I mean, it's your choice. It's your money. I can't tell you what to do with it. I'm just trying to advise you guys. Uh, that AMC theater uh, is announcing that they're going to be charging a $1.50 extra for an adult ticket as part of their proposed variable pricing experiment. So during an earnings call via Entertainment Weekly, so AMC theater CEO Adam Aaron said about this strategy, and this is a direct quote, This is all quite novel in the United States, but actually, AMC has been doing it for years in our European theaters. Indeed, in Europe, we charge a premium for the best seats in the house, as do just about all the other sellers of tickets in other industries. Think sports events, concerts, and live theater, for example. Well, no, I don't want to think about that, because AMC, you guys were fucking crying during the pandemic, and after it, when people were starting to come back, but not really coming back to the movie theaters. So you you were so upset that people weren't buying tickets that you're starting to close locations and doing the things that you're doing with your AMC Plus, like the Google talked about in previous episodes. So, you know, if you want to go see the Batman, I'm just going to go to a local movie theater. I'm not going to go to the AMC and pay an extra $1.50 for the exact same experience I can get at Penn Cinema or Real Cinema around us. You know, why, why should I go to AMC and get a $1.50 tagged on when I can just go to another theater and see it for less of a price? Yeah, and I, I was actually looking at this, and again, they're quote-unquote variable pricing okay this is just phase one they're looking at phase two where they're going to actually sit Mm -hmm. there and start charging more for specific seats that you want so if you know so you're going to go see your 3d movie you know ideal is center center you know for, for the 3d experience they're going to be charging more for those seats as opposed to side front back you know so they're like they were saying you know like they would for sporting events the ideal seats then they're going to sit there and try and start charging extra for those as well. And it's just like, wow, you know, <laughs> again, you know, and I'm sure, you know, and I'm, it's sad that we don't have the goal here for this, 
you know, because he, we all know how much he loves his movie theaters. But at the same time, it's like, you know, that's one of the things, though, about the movie theater is – there, there, there's no socialism there. It's like every, everyone's there. They're no. all paid the same price. They're all hanging out there, enjoying the same experience. It's not like going to the opera and you got boxy some shit like that. It's like you're right. all there right. on the floor having a great time, you know. And for them to mm-hmm. sit there and try and introduce this thing to you, you know, it, it just irritates me because if you wanted the good seats, it was because you were devoted and you were willing to click those buttons. Claim and buy those seats early. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. and, and not 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 who had the most money. Right. It, it shouldn't be about money. Like it shouldn't be about oh well I got this seat because I paid fifteen dollars and you got that seat because you paid ten. Like it shouldn't be about that. You know it should just be even. Like we're all in this together. And if you get there early and you get your seat, great. Then you have that seat. But it shouldn't be that way where it's like I paid more, so fuck you. You know, go to the back of the theater because I paid more to go see. It, it shouldn't be that way. Theater, like you had said, Monkey, is communal. You know, we're all in there for the same experience, and that's the way it should be. Um, I mean, I, when I went to go see Studio 666, even though I was the only one there, like, I picked a, a seat that's right in the middle, like, not too far, not too, you know, close to the, the screen, and I fucking loved it. But if I picked that seat, and they're like, by the way, that's a $20 seat, yeah, bye. Like, I will fucking go sit to the back of the theater where it's, like, tech. <laughs> I don't need to have the best seat in the house. I just want to see this fucking movie. Like that's what I'm there for. Like I, you know, what, what are you going to boast about? What are you going to be like? Hey, everybody, fuck you. Got the best seat in the house. What are you going to do about it, bitches? Like, no, you're not. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> not like, fucking movie. Yeah, it's it's not like your front row. You know, WWE. You know, you're sitting there right. to see, you know, Pattinson as fucking Batman. Which again, ugh, no. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I am planning on going to see it just because I'm just interested. And, you know, I, uh, I know the movie's going to be fucking too long. It's two hours and 50 minutes. Like, I hope I don't fall asleep. Man. Minutes, but, um, I, I, hope, I definitely I plan on it. I know. So yeah. you can go smoke. <laughs> yeah, I know. I might just do it. Who knows? I mean, I'm hoping that I'm entertained enough where I'm not thinking that it's a three-hour movie. I'm just enjoying the experience. But, I, I mean, I really don't know. I know that Ty West X comes out uh, later in the month, and I'm definitely fucking going to see that one. But the Batman, I'm like, I just have to. Like, I just got to see what he does with his character. And I got to see how they <laughs> handle the Riddler, who's become fucking the Zodiac Killer. And they're like, ooh, we're, 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 we're edgy now. Because Matt Reeves even said that the opening of Batman is pretty much a horror movie. And I was like, all right, well, you know what? That kind of intrigues me a little bit, sir. <laughs> I want to see exactly how you plan on making uh, a Batman movie a horror movie because, I mean, it's, it's got horror elements, but now you're talking about the Riddler like he's a Zodiac killer, like I said. So, you know, how are you going to fit in Catwoman and the Penguin? And apparently there's other villains that are going to show up at some point. So you got three hours. So, yeah, apparently so. Apparently there's going to be others. So I don't know who. I don't know what. I know that they said that they plan on having other villains show up. So it's like, okay. Please don't make this a fucking origin story where we have to see his fucking parents die again. Like, let's just have it so he's again. the Batman at the beginning of the movie, but he's just starting out. Like, because the car clearly is a fucking piece of shit. Like, where it's just like, I, I have money, but I don't, so it's going to look like a muscle car, but it's all fucked up, and that's going to be the Batmobile. That's like year one Batman. Like, that's, so I don't mind that, but I just don't want to see him fucking getting training over and over again and then coming back to Gotham and be like, all right, I'm ready. No, I just, let's have him there. Just Batman already. Yeah. Just get there. 
Yeah, it's a, yeah, I totally agree. It's like because you know the Spider-Man movies, they finally learned. You know, they finally learned we don't have mm-hmm. to sit there and do the fucking origin. You you know who you're going to go see. You know who you're here for. Yeah. All right. If you don't know his yeah. shit, fuck off. All right. But yeah. it's the same thing with yeah, Batman. It's like you know you 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 ought to know what you're going to see here, and you know just enjoy the movie. And I, I you know. Where you say you know year one because again that that's what the other Batman movie was in my opinion. But you know yeah I can see here you know he's he's committed to being Batman but he's not really committed so he's like I'm not sure if I want to spend that much money on a car because it might get fucked up. How about we just buy an old yeah, Chevelle exactly. painted black you know <laughs> and maybe put some nitrous rockets on it. <laughs> yeah, we'll make the engine look cool. So people know I'm Batman, like, you know. I mean, and, people, it's, it's and fun, people know, you know? where to shoot. <laughs> yeah, Dumbass. I just, I, I'm just, I just, I can't wait to look see the presence that, that Robert Pattinson has. <laughs> look at I'm that, Batman. look at that big block Chevy sticking out of the hood. Let's just shoot the fucking blower. <laughs> It'll be fine. Yeah. But it's like you know, because they did show the trailer for it before Studio Six Six Six. And I was like, dude, this movie is going to be like Halloween Kills. Because the entire trailer goes, oh, he's about vengeance, vengeance, vengeance. I'm like, oh, come on. Vengeance goes tonight. Like, you know, that's, that's, is that what they're going to fucking do? <laughs> Batman's about vengeance. Did you hear he's about vengeance? Oh, dude, that guy's all about vengeance. I was like, oh, I can't wait to see him again. They fucking say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm coming after you, Riddler. Even though you're really not the Riddler anymore and you're just a serial killer, but I'm coming after you. Like, yeah, okay. It looks like you can kick your ass, Batman. It looks like you wouldn't have found yeah. in a suit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But at least, they find, at, so, yeah. at least you know, you see, you, you see a moment with him. You know, like you see that he's got the heavy eye makeup on, and then you see him take the mask off in some of the trailers. And it's like, okay, that explains the fucking emo look. They finally explain why they wear fucking the eyes, <laughs> you know, the eyeshadow around the eyes. It's like, all right, we're going there. Mm-hmm. Okay, even though you're not supposed to on. do that. <laughs> Yeah, you know. Yeah, I know. Oh, <laughs> when oh, with, you know, Eric, when him and Eric Draven are hanging out before going out. <laughs> oh, are you doing the eyeshadow too? Yes, I am, bitch. You know it. Rocking it tonight. Eric, you look good. You look fierce, bitch. You too, Bruce. <laughs> oh, because they're going to see Sisters of Mercy, so they want to look good. <laughs> show how they can do eyeliner. <laughs> so they have to look their absolute job best. Yeah. Just, yep. They, they uh, see a they uh, see a black house in Mother Russia. <laughs> yeah. Oh Jesus! I I just yeah, I can't wait. I I will have a report next week when I when I get back from it. But uh, speaking about uh-huh. movies and and you know going to see them, uh, to me I think uh, movie test screening questionnaires are a thing of the past. I don't really think they do them anymore. I think it's pretty much just nowadays they release the movie, and if you like it, great. If you hate it, that's okay, too. You know, we'll just see if we can make our movies back, uh, our money back. Uh, but I found this on What is Disgusting. Uh, the George A. Romero Foundation shared uh, Dawn of the Dead test screening results from 1978. So basically they handed out a test screening questionnaire, a bunch of questions on there, and they had to fill it out. So 230 total responses came through, uh, and there was a bunch of questions on there, like, did you like the title? Did you find the violence necessary? How would you rate the film? Would you go to see the film again? Uh, so I wanted to give you some of the percentages that were listed on the questionnaires. So 35 said the film was excellent. 51% said the film was too long. 29% found the violence offensive. 
77 found the violence necessary for the film's meaning. 70% would recommend this movie to friends. 23% of the responders were female. 74% were male. So you're getting a, a little bit of a, a look inside of what people thought about it, but you know, 51% saying that the film was too long. And, yeah, I can kind of agree with that. Because there are moments in that movie where you're like, all right, hurry it up. All right, let's get to the bikers. Yeah, there are definitely some, yeah. some, some scenes there. Yeah, that, that's really cool, though, that this kind of stuff is coming out of the Romero Institute. You know, and they're, they're putting this stuff out there for all of us, you know, because and, – and, you know, and I also find this really cool that – the information that they're still holding and having there, you know, is just, you know, the archives and archives of shit about Romero's work and, you know, that they actually were just smart enough to actually keep this and retain it for prosperity's sake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and uh, the link that I posted on the, the uh, Facebook page, uh, if you click on that, you can go to the Romero Foundation website where the full – uh, questionnaires on there. So, it, it, I mean, it gives you more insight to how old the people were that went to go see it. Uh, there was a lot of people under 18 going to see that movie. It's a lot of kids going to see that movie, which is great, you know, because, you know what? It's a family Johnny film. Johnny fucking rules, so go see it. It's a in. Sir, what do you think about this movie? Well, I have to get up for sixth grade tomorrow, but I thought it was fucking great. Yeah, I like zombies. <laughs> oh, that's right. He's 12. No, we let people in the theaters. It's 78. We don't need shit. You brought money. Yeah, all so, you had to do is have your that, mom go, yeah, yeah he can go. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was kind of a cool thing. And also, as an aside, you know, when you go to the movies, you know, you want to have a good beverage. You want to have some popcorn, some beverages. You know, you get a soda, you get a slushy. But what about Ecto Cooler? Like, what if you just... Oh, we're, go, uh, we're going there. The- we're going there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why not? Like, what if you just wanted to, to, you know what, I want to get into this movie, but I need my Ecto Cooler and fuck High C doesn't make it anymore. What am I going to do? I mean, you know, I could probably shop online, find an expired one, and get sick. Or, you know, thanks to San Diego Ghostbusters chapter, you could make it at home. So they, they released what? the recipe. They, did, they didn't actually – I mean, they did the recipe, and I'll get to it in a second. But basically what happened is that Coca-Cola, who is the release of, for High C and, and Ecto-1, they started releasing their recipes for how they made their drinks. So one of them was Ecto-1. And they were talking about the, the flavor packets that they would, they would put into the drinks to give it that certain citrus tangerine-type flavor, how they would mix it with the green uh, food coloring. So San Diego Ghostbusters, they read this, and they figured out how to make it. Uh, so basically, if you have a chance to get out to the shopping uh, you know, centers, get out, pick get up out, a, get out your pins and pads. Get out, you write so this down. You. Write this down. Because <laughs> this is kind of key, because I do have the pictures up on the Talking Terror Facebook page, so you can see for yourself whether I did a good job or not. Uh, but So basically, you're going to want to go out to the, the grocery store and pick up uh, Tampico Citrus Punch. That's key. So go out to your local grocery stores. If you're in Canada, sorry, they don't have it in Canada. But if you're in the U.S., you'll be able to find Tampico Citrus Punch on your grocery store shelves. You're also going to want to grab some Minute Maid lemonade, and this is key because of the flavor profile of the Minute Maid lemonade. I chose a Walmart lemonade, and it's okay, you know, but I think I'm going to try it with Minute Maid lemonade, uh, you know, in the future. But, and the other key is green food coloring, not blue. You think it will be blue because you mix it with the orange and it turns green. That's how you get swampy green. No, you want to get that neon slimer jizz in your glass. 
You're just going to want the green food coloring. So you Liquid. do four parts Liquid. Tampico Citrus Punch. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> four parts Tampico Citrus Punch, one part lemonade, and then you drop, you know, a couple drops in there. I did about six or seven drops. You mix it up, and you're going to get that nice green. It's going to bring you back to your childhood. You're going to look at that and be like, oh, <laughs> there it is. There's that green. I remember that. You know, from, put it in a glass when I was a kid. And, yeah, if you do it right and you measure it right, you're going to get that really nice citrusy, almost a tart flavor to it that I remember from back in the day. Um, and it's just wonderful. Like, I just – one shot, and I made it work. So if you want to do it at home, very easy. Three ingredients. <laughs> All right. So, so were you pleased with your results? You know, would you say this was actually a successful recipe that everyone should be using to, to make their own echo cooler? Yes. I mean, I, I would definitely say if you get the Minute Maid lemonade, you're probably going to be better off. Um, I chose the, the Great Value uh, Walmart lemonade, and it didn't have that much of an effect where I was like, oh, this tastes horrible. Like, no, it actually does have that profile of the echo cooler. So if that's what you're looking for, I would say go with the Minute Maid lemonade first. But, yeah, I, I couldn't be any more proud of, of how it came out. It, it's just a perfect tint of green, especially when you pour it in a glass. And then you get that first hit, and you say, yeah, it's just childhood. So it's like, you know what, high seas, you know what? You didn't release it to the public, that's fine, I'll make my own. And I'll have batches of it. <laughs> you <know? laughs> yeah, so. you're over there in your fucking kitchen, like fucking Herbert West. <laughs> yes, yes. I created it. Ah. Pretty close. It's pretty close to you know, my reaction. Once it turned that green and I smelled it and it had that tangerine, I was like, I did it. Motherfucker, I did it. Yeah. Like, I was so fucking excited <laughs> that it actually worked out and it tasted good over a little bit of ice. So I just wanted to spread that message to everybody at home. It's like, I never got my Acto Cooler last year. That's okay. You can make it at home. You could do it your own way. You don't have to give High C any money. You could just make a batch, bring it to parties, put some liquor in it if you want. I don't know. Do what you yep. want with it. But yeah, easiest yeah, way to make it happen that's is, is three simple ingredients. That's where I was going to go. Is after the millions and millions of fans of Talking Terror send you personal thank you cards, you know, yes, that's where you sit there and also sit there and start mixing that stuff up with some rum. <laughs> yeah. Make it fun. Make it adult. Like, have fun with it. You know, I just, I wanted to get that taste and then thank you to San Diego Ghostbusters and for releasing that video, which you can find on our Talking Terror page. So if you want to see a, a video of how they make it, the video is up there. So you can kind of see exactly how much you'd be pouring into that uh, pitcher, you know, whatever size that you use, so you know exactly how much to put in and how many drops you should be putting in to get that nice green slimer jizz color. <laughs> yep. Oh, 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 and then popsicles, too. Oh, Ooh, ooh, there we go. Make them ice cubes out of them. I mean, who knows? Possibilities are endless. Oh. Um, <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, so that, I'm very happy about that. I'm happy it came out that way and, and uh, happy to spread it with you guys. So moving on, something that's been talked about for a while, it's always been a rumor, you know, if it's going to happen, uh, whether or not it's going to happen, so it's a question. Uh, but recently, Jeff Cedar wrote an article for the site The Ankler where he explained that Brad Pitt's company Plan B has come on board to produce Beetlejuice 2, which could possibly be shooting this summer with original stars Winona Ryder and Michael Keaton returning. 
The sequel has yet to be greenlit by WB. So apparently, according to Jeff Snyder, I'm sorry, he put this article out there because he has an inside source in WB that says that Brad Pitt's company is going to be on board to produce a sequel to Beetlejuice with the two main leads returning, and uh, we'll see what happens. They're hoping that it will be shot this summer and released maybe in 2023 at some point. But I thought that was interesting, I mean, because this is definitely, you know, ground rumblings. This isn't just somebody saying, oh, look, yeah. that fan-made poster. It's definitely happening. No, this is actually, <laughs> you know, an inside source. No, and, and that that's, you know, weird, man, because I know that Brad Pitt with his plan B, he was the one behind um, – the Lego Master Series, you know, here in the U.S., bringing it over and mm-hmm. making it such a fun series. And, you know, uh, again, Beetlejuice 2 is like, you know, it, I think it could definitely happen because we didn't, you know, in Beetlejuice 2, we didn't have a final conclusion. It's not like Beetlejuice died or anything like that. Nope. He just went back right. home. You know, and then yeah. I thought that was a really smart ending. And who knows what other dumbass. Her <laughs> skin bag is going to sit there and possibly pull up Beetlejuice. I'm just hoping, though, you know, me personally, it's like, do you, do you want them to maybe go back into the human realm, or do you want them to maybe go the route of the cartoon and stay in the world of the spirit? Yeah, I mean, I, I wanted to get your opinion on about that, too, because me, I want that ghost world. I don't need the human world anymore. We saw it in, in, in Beetlejuice, so we, we know that it's there. It's always there. I want to see the other world with the fucking sandworm and all these dead people walking around and milling about and what kind of adventures you can get into. Because like you said, the Beetlejuice cartoon was great because they were able to explore more than they could do with the movie. Uh, but what do you think? I mean, me, I'm kind of thinking it might be a little bit too late for Beetlejuice too at this point. But, I mean, I guess anything's possible. Yeah, it's like it might be a little bit too late, but maybe oh man because or maybe possibly a series but definitely explore the other side but you know do we go brighter kid friendly with the car- like the cartoon or do we keep the other side d- darker like Tim Burton originally had in the original Beetlejuice yeah I mean but at the same time Beetlejuice it's is a pretty of... family friendly movie oh what uh... <laughs> Uh, I saw it when I was a little is, kid, but it isn't. I didn't see it when I was a teenager. Yeah. I saw it when I was a little kid. Uh, t- so anyway. yeah, and you came, yeah, and you came out thirty-five years old out of the womb with a cigar out of your mouth, and then you slapped the doctor <laughs> because you were so fucking yeah. angry. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was angry. Coming, I was like, oh, this sucks already. <laughs> I was like, I'm just out of prison. This sucks. But. Yeah, no, you can't I'm, say. I don't know. I, I just think, I'm sorry. It's just the excuse. I'm sorry. It's just, but you saying the excuse you saw it as a kid is not a viable excuse for <laughs> all the United States <laughs> because you see some fucked up shit at a young age. I have, and I admit. I mean, I saw RoboCop when I was like seven. So I mean, <laughs> you know, it's not like you know. I mean, I'm not. I wasn't used to it at that point. But I don't know. I think even when we did the rewatch for the show, it is just. It is kind of family accessible if you watch it with your family. Like, there's no nudity. You know, there, I mean, there's a couple of curse words thrown in there, but it's not overall, like, so haunting that a kid's going to have nightmares, right? Like, there's enough comedy well, that yeah. a kid wouldn't be like, what the fuck? Like, this is scary as shit, man. Uh, well, that's the fun thing about Beetlejuice, though, man, is it's a really well balanced of the horror and the comedy. It both has yeah. some really yeah. horrific stuff in there, 
but it also has some really good comedy in there. And it's also layered well to where the jokes keep coming that you don't catch them all in the first viewing, and that's what makes it better is when you catch those smaller things as you keep coming back for more viewings. Yeah. I mean, even like I said with the language, like, I mean, you know, when Beetlejuice kicks the car and he goes, nice fucking model. I was like, I didn't get that as a kid. Like, oh, that, you shouldn't say that. That's a bad word. I was like, that's funny. He kicked the car and he made a joke. Oh, it was, it was, it was funny <laughs> as shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that, you know, that's just, what got us like Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. kind of like comparing, like, because Beetlejuice, like you had said, it had a cartoon back in the 90s, which is great. But it's like comparing it to Toxic Avenger. Like, that is not a movie a kid should be watching, but that fucking cartoon was great for kids. Because it was stupid and funny and silly, but it's like the source material is like not for a kid. You know, they shouldn't be watching, you know, Toxic yeah. Avenger at a young age, but the cartoon is fine. I mean, RoboCop had a cartoon, so did Rambo. Like, yeah. these weird yeah, I was like, gonna cartoons go there, for man. kids. Where... <laughs> yeah, late, late 80s, you know, and 90s had some messed up Saturday morning cartoons as their source material. <laughs> There's a lot of jacked up shit on there. You know, don't forget Starship Troopers as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. Especially back then when it was just all about cocaine. Like, you know, everybody was just high on cocaine. So it was like, let's do a Rambo cartoon. Like, kids will get it and they'll like it. You know, I mean, they should never watch the first movie because it's about a depressed fucking Vietnam War, you know, veteran. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Co- like, covered in leeches. He was just suicidal when I was set the entire time. Yeah. It's, it's fine. You know? <laughs> let's make the cartoon. Um, you know, but like I said, if uh, Beetlejuice 2 happens, I'd, I'd definitely be interested. Yeah. Um, but speaking of Brad Pitt, did you get a chance to watch the, the trailer for Bullet Train? That is you. Well, wait oh, a minute. Of course you did because great. you put it on the Talking Terror Facebook page. <laughs> That's what I do. I share it for you guys. <laughs> I share it for the listeners and I share it for you and, and our other co-hosts, Dean and the Ghoul. But, yeah, wow, I can't wait for Bullet Train. I'm going to be there <laughs> opening day because that looks um, just such a great action, you know, set piece. Man, yo, I do too, man. Um, and you you put it on there, and I was like, all right, let's see what this is, you know. Because um, again, with, the, with Brad Pitt it, nowadays, you, you never know what you're gonna get, you know, just because he does what he mm-hmm. wants to do at the time that he that he wants to do it, you know. And yeah. mm-hmm. th- then when then when the, the the trailer rolled up and stuff like that, I was like. Oh, holy crap, Brad Pitt is, like, doing, like, this star-studded, action-packed, you know, one of those weird-ass, everyone's out to kill each other fucking movies. <laughs> I was like, all right, I'm on fucking board. Hell yeah. You know, because <laughs> cool to see Brad Pitt getting back into this kind of shit <laughs> and actually yeah, go- going <laughs> the, the route. Because uh, on the Tongue Terror page, didn't you say this is done by the same director as Deadpool 2? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're the exact same director. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I'm hoping. Yeah, I'm hoping that it has that same kind of vibe, you know, and it's fun and just a lot of action. But yeah, the trailer sold me. I was like, all right, you know, this is cool. You know, Brad Pitt doing what Brad Pitt does, like you said, you know, and and he's definitely hit or miss for me as well. Um, you know, he does a lot that I don't like. Like, I'm not a fan of Interview with the Vampire. You know, I can live without that. But then he'll do a movie like uh, Meet Joe Black, where I'm like, it's it's going against types, but at the same time, I like it. Like, I'm a fan of Meet Joe Black, but a lot of that had to do with Anthony Hopkins. But that movie overall didn't disappoint. Yeah, me. yeah. I enjoyed it a lot. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, and but, um, it, it's just he, he, he does what he does. But And then 
this is just one of those, like, just, it, it looks like it is just a balls-to-the-wall adrenaline action-packed movie. It's yeah. Just, you know, I, I, I'm i looking forward to it. It looks like a lot of fun, man. <laughs> yeah, it does. It, it looks like a ton of fun, and it's just, it's not holding back. I mean, there was, there was a movie uh, that came out last year. I don't know if you ever heard about it, but it was called uh, Cop Shop. And I think that you would really like that movie because it's, it's no. you know, just uh, Cop Shop. Cop Shop. Oh, yeah, okay. It came out last year. Gerard Butler was in it. Frank Grillo was in it. Toby Huss, you know, you know Artie, the strongest man in the world. Um, but it was just basically a bullet-ridden car driven by a con artist, and he gets locked up in prison with an ex-cop, and it's just action upon action upon action. It was like a 70s-type film. Um, but, yeah, I think that would be right up your alley, and that's kind of the vibe I got from, uh, from Bullet Train. Like, this is a movie that would be fucking great in the 70s, and it's even better now. Uh, so, yeah, if you get a chance yeah. to, to uh, stream uh, Top Shop. I know it's on Peacock, so you can definitely watch it there. But I think you would have a lot of fun with Top Shop. <laughs> All right, cool, man. Thank you for the recommendation. Very <laughs> awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I know I did because it was just – it knew exactly what it was and it had no problems with it. Like, it's just – it's one of those movies that I, not enough people saw because it came out in theaters, but I felt like it, it came out and then it was quickly taken out because not enough people went to go see it because it's a niche movie. Like, it, it's a hard sell to make a movie like that work theatrically when it's just meant to be viewed by people that get it, that are just there to watch a, a, a sweaty action movie that takes place in, like, a middle-of-a-desert-type town and a jail. <laughs> oh, okay. So, you know, so, yeah, check that out. Um, all right, so I'm going to go down to the toy chest and talk about some oh, toys. we're good. Because, well, you know, we're going okay. <laughs> we we will go. We will go because it's our due diligence as, as hosts of the show to talk about everything. <laughs> oh, did you have something you want to talk about? Um, just real quick, I just wanted to announce. Um, for those of you, because we've made the announcements before, you know, NECA says they're releasing their shit here, and it's it's coming out, you know, months and months, and months and months later. Just want to let you know, those of you looking in stores, I did actually see. Uh, Kurt Russell, um, the Thing figure, now in store. Oh, so I have been able to, yeah. The, <laughs> I gotta go find um, it. I did find, I did find a couple of those at Target. So again, those of you, you know, again because of the shipping delays, you know, this was promised six months ago. I had, did see one of those in stores, and now also reports are coming in of people finding the Werewolf from American Werewolf in London in stores as well. Oh, okay. Interesting. Um, yeah, I, I have not seen McCready uh, in Targets yet, but I'm probably going to have to go this weekend and check them out because you said that you spotted them. Um, I know that some people were reporting that they were in Target and you could find them, and I was like, okay, that's really cool. Uh, the uh, American Werewolf in London, the, the zombie Nazis, uh, werewolf Nazis, uh, what have you, I have seen that one at uh, FYE. So they do have oh, those yeah? figures in FYE. Yeah, I have. Uh, so they are available. Um, the one I haven't seen oh, yet is sweet. the Michael Myers and Dr. Loomis figure, uh, the two-pack. I've not seen that in any stores, not in FYE, not in Target, not in Walmart. Uh, I have my pre-order open with uh, Big Bad Toys. you got the hookup. Um, and and they're saying that it, it, it's going to be releasing this month. You know, they're planning on getting a shipment in. Uh, but, again, like I said, I don't want to fault the company. It's not their fault. You know, it's, it's not their problem that there's shipping issues and, and supply chain issues. 
Um, you know, and they just yeah. tell me to hang in there. So at least they're being responsive. You know, at least they, they are answering yeah. emails and they're doing their diligence to let you know, hey, listen, we're so sorry, but hang in there, guys. Like, it's coming. Like, you know, we got a shipment in and we're going to let you know as soon as it comes in and you're going to get that motherfucking toy. And I'm like, I can't fucking wait. Like, I, just, I got the space cleared off my shelf. I just need them. So. Um, he you know, he so literally it's, it's does nice. have his space clear off his shelf. <laughs> I do. I have a very clear space, you know, where it's going to go. Um, but this uh, toy announcement news uh, is relating to Trick or Treat Studios because uh, the Toy Fair 2022 kicked off just two days ago. So a lot of announcements are going to be coming out about upcoming horror releases for toys. Uh, but I wanted to focus on Trick or Treat because – they announced earlier this week that they were going to be releasing one six-scale figures of Michael Myers from Halloween H2O and Resurrection, as well as Dr. Loomis. Um, both of these figures are going to be clothed, so they're going to have fabric. But unlike NECA, which kind of fails when it comes to cloth and it comes to those fabric figures, I have seen actual one-six model figures from Trick or Treat Studios from people on my horror groups on Facebook, and they look great. Like, the fabric works. Like, the fabric is actually tight. It's not loose. It's not baggy. Like, they, they go to the limits with them. But you're also going to be paying a hefty price. Like, they are not cheap. Really? They, they are, like, $100. Yeah, they are not cheap. What? They're not, you know, the $40 thing. Yeah, they are at least 100 if not more. Uh, they ask the price. Wow. Because they are, like, you know, almost like statues. Like, they're not action figures. Like, they're almost uh, statues um, that you could add to your collection. I know Sideshow does a lot of those, but I'm looking forward to seeing what the price tag is going to be because if it's Trick or Treat Studios, they are not going to hold back. They're going to make you pay. <laughs> if you want it, Man. you have it, but you better dig in your wallet. I didn't realize I charged that much on Trick or Treat Studios. Wow. <laughs> oh, for their because they consider them like statues. They don't consider them action figures because they're, they're cloth and they actually do a really good job to make it look good. Like they're not just shoddily putting them together like NECA does with theirs. So I get it. I mean, I do, you know, if you're going to make a quality product, you should be able to ask for whatever you want to ask for. So I kind of get that in, in, in a way, um, with, with what they're offering, but not only that, not only the Halloween, uh, Michael Myers and, and Dr. Loomis, but they're also going to be offering Leatherface, from the remake from 20, uh, 2003, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3, and also one from Texas Chainsaw 2. So if you're really into those 1-6 scale figures and you're into Leatherface, they're going to have those too. I mean, I'm, I'm okay with that. Though. Oh, I, mean, I, don't, I only focus three? on the original. Yeah, part three. Yeah. No, so no, I'm saying really they're coming three? out with no. I'm saying they're coming out with three Leatherface figures, yeah. not just one, but three Leatherface figures. Oh, yeah, I'm checking yeah. it out now. Yeah, oh, wow, three. these look tight. <laughs> they look good. <laughs> they look good. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I I can't fault them. I mean, I, I I would, if anything, I would probably go for the part three, because that's the one that I actually really do like over uh, the remake and over uh, the part two, just because the part. Three has the leg brace, and I always appreciated that Leatherface in that movie, and never really got a proper release for that one, so it, it's kind of sad. But so if you're into Texas Chainsaw Massacre and you have that kind of dough to shell out, check them out because they're going to be taking a pre-sale this summer. 
So stay tuned to Trick or Treat Studios for that. Um, and NECA today, NECA, I always say NECA. I gotta stop saying that because NECA. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's not. It's not hard candy. It's a toy company. <laughs> I. I it's, I got to break that habit because I was so used to saying NECA and it's actually NECA. But anyway, uh, as I had previously announced, they were going to be releasing an Ultimate Ash figure for the Evil Dead, the first one, the one that kicked it all off, the one that I love, the one that's my favorite of that series. Um, But they just today released the specs for it as far as what it's going to look like, the accessories, the box. I mean, the box alone looks like an old VHS tape. And I was like, okay, this sold me. Uh, so no release as of right now, but they showed you all the accessories it comes with. It comes with a lantern. It comes with a tape recorder. It comes with a chainsaw. It comes with a shotgun, two different heads, two different hands. But that box alone with the horror sticker on it and just making it look like the old VHS box, I was like, okay, that's fucking cool. So, And it's not a cloth <laughs> So the ultimates are not no, cloth. Yeah, so. it- it is, it is a fully molded figure, and at the same time, it's like, again, this is not Evil Dead 2. This is not Army of Darkness. Nope. This is original Evil Dead. So you have baby. So they did a great job of capturing the likeness of baby face <laughs> ass here. You know, and for those of you, again, go back and watch the original, and it's just, you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> Bruce Campbell has such a baby face back then with his big wavy hair, and they do a great job of capturing it all and just, uh, capturing just how young he was when they did this movie. Yeah, and especially because this is the one where he does not have the chainsaw on the hand. So if you're looking for that Ash, this is not the one. This is the one before he became nope. the hero that he became known as. He's not the chin yet. You know, this is him just being scared nope. of shit because there's deadites attacking him and his friends. So he has a shotgun, <laughs> he has an axe, <laughs> you know, he has a lantern. That's about all he's going to have to defend himself with. Although he didn't really use a chainsaw in the first one. That was the only publicity stills. But I like the fact that they included it. Yeah, it's like, you know, that's just a bonus because, again, it's Ash. You know, you got to have a chainsaw somewhere, you know. But, again, yeah. Well, and, yeah. yeah. Because, well, uh, wasn't that also, uh, did, did, well, yeah, I was going to say, did, didn't they use it in the um, promos, though? Oh, yeah, in all the promos, there was Ash with a chainsaw. You know, raised in his hands like yeah. other face, you know, and trying to ward off the deadites. But it was never actually used in the movie. It was just a cool kind of thing for the, the photos, but never actually used. So I was kind of glad that they included it because if you wanted him to look like the poster, you know, or one of the posters, you could do that. You know, you could actually pose him with the chainsaw. You know, so I was like, that's kind of cool, you know, they do that. And me, I just, I just need the shotgun and the axe. But they give it to you, <laughs> you know. And just, you know, any CA in that regard, when they do their ultimates, they go all out. Like, they really, they just do a great job, you know, of, of making it work. Did you hear me, monkey? Monkey? Yes! <laughs> King? King? 
All right. So we seem to be having some technical difficulties, it would seem. Uh, bear with us for just that was weird. Can you hear me? Um, yeah, I, yeah, I was that was, that saying, was yes, so I weird. hear you. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I was watching um, the screen, I was still there, <laughs> I was talking, I was elaborating, and yeah, I couldn't hear you, so it was weird. Yeah, um, <laughs> all right. But, yeah, I was going to sit there and say just to sit there and wrap up uh, horror news, if you will. Um, again, yep. go to Talking Terror Facebook page because that's what you're supposed to do. But for those of you that sit there and need more Jared, Jared Leto, I personally do not. Fuck you and your fucking joker. Um, yeah, the final trailer for <laughs> Morbius, Morbius is out now. Yeah, so it is out there. And then they talk about how Marvel's trying to go dark and whatnot and, you know, yeah, it's out there for those of you that want to check it out. Me, I have extremely mixed emotions about this. The only, seriously, the only reason I possibly want to check this out is because fucking Michael Keaton's in it. Like, my, Michael Keaton, like, in another fucking Marvel yeah. movie, is like, you know, and because this is under Sony, I'm curious if he's playing a different character or if he's possibly playing the Vulture in this mo- uh, movie. I don't know at all. All I know is he's in it. Right. But I'm curious is is he maybe playing the vulture from Spider Man? You know, out at or is he playing a different character? Again, I don't know. But um That's the only reason I'm um, yeah. <laughs> interested in this yeah. at all. Go ahead. It was definitely weird for the trailer because it, it seemed like he is playing the vulture. Because it looked like he was being handled by like guards. When he shows mm. up to confront, you know, Morbius. Like, I was like, okay, that could be, like, the, the toe-tipping point where it's like, okay, we are going into, uh, you know, this territory. Because I can't imagine him playing any other character, you know, because they, they want to cross over with Spider-Man eventually. I mean, that was always the plan. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, so that, that was cool see. to see. And, again, to see Sony, you know, kind of giving a, a casual fuck you to Disney going, Nope, we're still building our universe. We're not ready to sell out now. <laughs> yeah. Because you've got to imagine they're all going to tie it together at some point and, and bring in these characters like Spider-Man, you know, and the Tom Holland Spider-Man. I mean, I, you know, so we'll see. I just, I, any time Michael Keaton shows up in a movie, I'm kind of happy because I just do like him. And I know uh, the Batgirl, I don't know if it's a series or a movie, uh, but I know that they're in production with it, and Michael Keaton's coming back as Bruce, so... I don't want to see any behind-the-scenes set picks. I don't, want, you know, I don't want to see any leaks. I just want to be ready for it because having him come back as Bruce would be fucking great. Oh, hell yeah, man. And, and the fact that you know, they're also talking about possibly using him in the, in the Flash movie as well you know, because we're also talking about mm-hmm. multiverse stuff. You know. So, again, you know, the fact that uh, Keaton is getting acting jobs, and even if it's small bits here and there, I'm all fucking for it just because I fucking love him on screen. <laughs> oh, yeah, and he was so good as a vulture. Like, it, it fucking surprised me how good he was as a vulture. Um, you know, because of, it, traditionally in the comic books, I know what he is, and that's not, um, you know, Michael. No, Newton. no, so that's yeah. more like that's more yeah. like Patrick Stewart, if anybody. Like, I, I could see him <laughs> playing Walter, but but definitely not Michael yeah. Keaton, and he fucking sold it. Like he was yeah. the high point of that movie because I didn't like uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming that much, but I did fucking like that movie because he was so great. 
his his interactions with with Peter towards the end of that movie were fucking phenomenal. Well, well, also just when we have that uh, a moment when Michael Keaton goes into Michael Keaton monologue mode when he gives Pete the speech about you know show her a good time but not too good of a time because I got to be a dad right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Was 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 just fucking awesome. Like you know, it's like yeah, we're arch enemies, but right now. I'm just being a dad, so take yeah, her out, have yeah. fun, but, but you know, don't have too much fun because, again, I know where you live. <laughs> yeah. I know your aunt, and I'll do some serious shit if you try and have too much fun with my girl. <laughs> Go have fun, Pete. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> All right. See you later. Great. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was such a good, tense moment that, yeah, I, I love. All right, so... Let's get into the movie for tonight, Frankenstein's Army, from 2013, directed by Richard Rapolis. Monkey, this is your film pick of the week, so let's get into it. Let's talk about it. All right. In the last days of World War II, Germany is running thin on soldiers and supplies while trying to maintain ever-receding lines of battle. This is the story of a small Soviet Union reconnaissance squad whose job it is to seek out those dwindling and yet (laughs) remaining German footholds on the battlefield. Pulled off a mission, they are sent to another distress signal of a missing Soviet battalion behind enemy lines. But what will they find is sheer madness when they encounter what is Frankenstein's army. Flash metal! Put the whole ones up! Oh, sorry. Yeah, I picked this film because we spent so much time on the show talking about Resident Evil Village and bef- uh, before its release. Mm-hmm. And as it turned out, yeah. this film sued the fuck out of Capcom and ended up winning yeah. for, for mm-hmm. stealing creature designs from their movie. So I was curious about why the fuck not check out the source material behind the lawsuit that we talked about so much. You know. So as for the film itself, I found the footage uh, – excuse me <clears> – <throat> Like it, the way I thought it was done, constant first-person point of view, uh, to me is just not my thing. And we all know how I already feel about found footage movies. I had no idea that this movie was going to be this way. Again, Monkey, next time watch the trailer first. <laughs> the film yeah. was also extremely. <laughs> yeah, but we, you know, again, we'll get into it because it's going to be a fun talk. <laughs> but the film, like you know, was bogged down at. Times. It was a bit sluggish as I try to take you through this World War II haunted house ride of a movie. Um, that being said, though, the fucking creature designs and effects, they were just a fucking beautiful combination of gore, guts, and diesel punk. I mean, this was almost like a World War II themed gore show. <laughs> if, if, yeah. this film yeah. had, if, if, if this film had been shot in a standard way and not done... From the first-person point of view, I think I really, really would have enjoyed this movie a lot more, you know. But, you know, we'll get into all this as we get into it. Uh, so, King, what did you think of this, brother? Um, yeah, I, I liked Frankenstein's Army because of the monster effects. Because they are just so clever and fun and gory and, and like you said, uh, it's like being at a Guar show, and then Psycho Gorman shows up with his guys, and it's like a combination of like <laughs> both Psycho Gorman and and Guar, and it's just it's fucking incredible. 
you know, what, what you see. I mean, the story is kind of flat. It's kind of easy to get through. It's, it's barely kind of there, um, you know. But I, at the same time, it's like I, as much as I like this movie, it's been a, a while since I had seen it. So when I came back to do it for the show, I was like, oh, that's right. It's Russian, uh, Russian uh, soldiers. I don't like that. <laughs> you know, the, the Ukrainian part of me was like, fuck them. Fuck them all up. Like, do it. You know, suck my Ukrainian cock. Like, you know, I was like, yeah, they all need to die. Like, you know, but I was like, no, not going to do it, you know, because Putin, you can suck my balls. So you're not going to win. But, you know, so I was like, you know what, let's get back into this movie. Um, and But overall, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. You know, the the found footage, again, yeah, it's kind of rough in this one. I mean, I'm a fan of found footage, but this one is kind of a little bit rough. Uh, and I think it also has to do with the fact that it's, we're dealing with World War II at the end and the camera work. But it also goes back and forth between it, like, there's some scenes where it's it's third person, and then there's also the the found footage aspect of it. Um, but I like what they do with Franken Dr. Frankenstein in this movie. This is what Dr. Frankenstein should be: this fucking maniac who has access to all these tools and he's able to make all these fucking creatures, and he's off his fucking mind, and he's not working yeah. for the Nazis. He's working on his own, and he just has a playland of fucking creatures because he can. Because he has a generator and he can do it, and that's exactly why Unlimited he's doing budget, it. Unlimited budget, baby. Yes, <laughs> this is so great. Because I mean, and we'll talk about it as we get later on in the movie. But it's like, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, he's a descendant of Victor Frankenstein from the '30s, and he's like, yeah, he had thunderstorms. I have a fucking generator. That's why I could fucking pump <laughs> these fucking creatures out. And I was like, Dude, this is it's it's a great portrayal of the Doctor mm. because. Colin Clive did a great job as the character back in the 30s, but at the same time, this actor got it. Because Dr. Frankenstein yeah. is a fucking maniac. Like he's off. He's, mm-hmm. he's, just, he's just off. And mm-hmm. this actor got it right. Like, he, he does not fucking care. Mm-hmm. Like, there, there is no sense of, like, I, I care about human life. It's like, no, I got a Nazi. I'm going to turn him into a fucking monster. <laughs> yeah. Now, because um, I can do it. Before we get into the... <laughs> Yeah. Uh, before we get into the breakdown of the movie, it's just again the reason we're sitting there covering this is because of the lawsuit with Capcom and Resident Evil. In, ca- in yep. case you didn't know, what 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 happened was when uh, Capcom was going around and creating Resident Evil Village, their latest in the Resident Evil series. Um, mm-hmm. As things were coming out and things were getting closer and closer to release, um, th- th- this <laughs> movie studio had come out and be like, uh, guys. We're taking your asses to court because you stole some of our creature designs. And there is at least three creature designs that are clearly ripped off here. And oh, this yeah. little, little little studio took Capcom to court and <laughs> fucking won. All right? Cat took yeah. Capcom, you know, one of the biggest fucking makers of games in fucking Japan, and fucking won. Okay? And then when mm-hmm. I found... Even more interesting, you know, is this isn't the first fucking time that this has happened. Other people have taken Capcom to court over other Resident Evil games uh, because Resident (laughs) Resident Evil 4 – yeah, Resident Evil 4, Mm -hmm. uh, an an artist put out a a book about textures and things like that, and she had released a bunch of images Mm -hmm. and pictures, and they sit there and pretty much took this book and raped it. And used it pretty much for a shit ton of their backgrounds. Even used it as part of their fucking logo. 
you know, one of the images, you know, Resident Evil 4. And she took her ass to the oh, court and, and won, like, um, $150,000 off of Capcom. With more, oh, with more, with more stuff still pending because, again, uh, of all the stuff that they ripped off, then there's more shit. And then someone else took their ass to court for licensing about Resident Evil 7. So, like, apparently, you know, like, Capcom, like, feels like, you know, they can fucking rip off whoever they fucking want. They got tons of fucking money. But at the same time, just be mindful of your properties. Remember, copyright and trademark your shit. So, when this kind of shit happens and Capcom comes along and thinks they can fucking be sneaky because they don't think anyone's going to know your shit... You got your shit copyrighted, and you can fucking take these motherfuckers to court. <laughs> and then settle amazing. out of court like Capcom likes to do. But, yeah. <laughs> so, that, those are the th- reasons why behind we picked this movie is because Resident Evil Village sit there and did this. And when you sit there and do your research online, you will see some clear, clear <laughs> things, especially from oh, Colorhead. Yeah. About uh, the, the oh, creature designs yeah. My favorite that were one. taken from this movie. <laughs> yeah. Creature uh, designs taken from this movie color. and then incorporated into <laughs> Resident Evil Village. But, yeah, so like we were saying, World War Two, you know, first-person point of view because, we're, again, we're talking about Reconnaissance Squad. And the, the way to work this out is one of the members of the squad has a camera. It's a new camera that yeah. does yeah. Uh, visuals and sound. And... Because of the lawsuit, it's also kind of weird because we also are now going into first-person shooter territory here because we have our squad and we have, you know, our stereotypical one-sided characters going on of, you know, our our noble leader who's trying to do the right thing. The second in command who's a little little bit off-hinge and, yeah, likes to do things a bit squirrely. You know, our quiet sniper, which is always part of every group whenever you're playing online gaming. The quiet muscle that's in the background, you have two of those, you know. <laughs> um, and it's, your, your characters straight off the bat are very, very in, in their pigeonholes of who they are. You know, they they, they sit there and set it up super super quick. You know, if you played you know first person shooters, you know exactly where you are as far as the squad goes. <laughs> yeah, because you have you have Commander Novikov, and you have Sergi, who's almost a second in command, with Vasily, who wants to be second in command, Alexei, Ivan, Sasha, and like the monkey had said, you have Dmitri, who is the propagandist videographer. So he he is basically there to take video of everything they do. Well, not video, it's film. But he's there to film everything because it's going to be a propaganda film for the Soviet Union featuring the heroic exploits of the Red Army. So everything that they do, people back home in Russia are going to be like, yes, Kovinad, like, you know, we're destroying the Nazis and we're just carving a path. So that's what he's there for. Like, he's not a soldier. He's not, you know, a guy that's going to pick up a gun and start shooting people. We'll find out about him later. But he's just there to kind of, of, of to film everything that's going on. Um, and they are on a mission to destroy a German uh, sniper nest. Um, but at the same time, none of these characters, to me anyway, Monkey, you can kind of resound it, are likable. Like, I didn't like any of the soldiers. And not just because of the whole Russian-Ukrainian thing. I'm going to put that aside. I, just, I didn't really like them very much. Like, there wasn't any character, maybe aside from the survey, who I did kind of have an appreciation for, but... Like, when they, when they film themselves going into the village and killing all the children, all the women, all the men, 
And they're like, we did it. And we're going to get fucked up. And fall I'm like, yeah, we, we should not be supporting these people. Well, that, that's, that, that's also, okay, a good point here. Because these aren't actually the good guys. These are the guys you send in to get the job done because they're the ones who are yeah. always in the shit. Okay, and the problem mm-hmm. is yeah. when you're always yeah. in the shit, you lose your fucking shit when you're always in the shit. Okay, these aren't good guys. These aren't fucking Captain America. You know, these are the guys <laughs> that are out there, you know, out out there doing the dirty fucking shit behind the scenes and, you know, getting in there, going behind the lines, and you lose a lot of shit doing that. It's like, you know, just sit there and we talk about, you know, our dads who were in Vietnam, the weird ass mm-hmm stuff that they had to do and you know when you're you know back you know talking about vietnam when you're in the bush that long you know you start to have shit go off you know and weird because you're constantly constantly on survival mode and you know stuff snaps in your brain where you're you're not 100 percent there and it's just our guy you know the the leader of this battalion is the one who's supposed to try and keep them all in check but you know that long when you've been behind enemy lines trying to do, you know, covert stuff and you have to go in there in the middle of the night and slit throats and, you know, clear the lines and stuff, you know, it, it does get to you, man. I'm sure it does, you know, and it's just, it's one of those things where it just, it makes you not really like them that much more. You know, I'm not going to say that, you know, it, it, they're, you know, completely bad because I don't think they are, but at the same time, it just, it doesn't make you ingratiated to them. You know, as characters, like, you know, to see it happen oh, yeah. so early on where it's like, you know, okay, well, you know, like you said, you know, war is hell. You know, we know that. And, you know, it makes people do things that they wouldn't ordinarily do. But it's like we're supposed to be following these characters as kind of like the, the protagonists. And we're seeing very early on that they are violent and they will do whatever it takes to clear out a village because that's what they do. You know, they're the, the bastards. You know, they're not the heroes. Um you know, and yeah, after they clear and, out the... Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to um, say, yeah, I totally agree with you here, where they clearly established straight off the bat that uh, that no one is innocent in this film. <laughs> there are no saints going on behind no, these enemy no. lines. No, there, there, there's no good going on behind there. Um, and, then, and then pushing it forward after they clear out the village and they wake up the next day, that's when they hear the distress call coming from the radio, um, for the Tiger Bear 303. And they get the coordinates of where this call is coming from, so they're going to proceed to that area to find out. But we also find out that they have lost communication with Mother, with High Command. So they're kind of on their own. Like, they're just, <laughs> they don't have any way to get in touch with anybody. So they're all kind of saying, well, you know, there's really not a presence in the area. Maybe we shouldn't. But Novikov, the commander, is like, we have to. Like, those are our comrades. Like, and that's what you do. You help out your comrades. So we're going to press forward to this village and find out what's going on. And when they get there, it's a ghost town. You know, there's mm-hmm. nobody there. You know, so who the fuck is making the call? <laughs> you know, and that becomes the big mystery is, is what's happening. Like, why are there – there's just nobody here. Like, there's nobody – there's no comrades. There's no Red Army. There's no Germans. There's just nobody in this town. But they start to see things that – aren't making any sense. You know, they, they, you know, dead soldiers and then the, the pile of nuns that were burned, you know, and brutally <laughs> murdered. Like, oh, it's such a great set piece. 
Yeah, and then you start to see these weird things also in the woods, like they when they find um, a, a skeleton that's infused with metal bits here and there, you know, mm-hmm. it's yeah. almost like ex, extra appendages and, uh, you know, pieces, you know, welded and bolted onto a skull, and like, what the fuck is going on here? It's like, <laughs> and, you know, we, we start to build up this weird, weird thing of just atrocities that are in... <laughs> this town where no one should fucking be. Mm-hmm. And they don't know what's going on. All they know is that they're there to kind of liberate, you know, these soldiers that are under attack, you know, but like we said, the town's dead. So where could they possibly be? You know, and they find these different things um, like the, the one soldier that's laying in the, the weeds that Dimitri finds. And it's kind of robotic in a way where it's got like metal hands and it rolls it over and it's got the weird eyeball that explodes as yep. he reanimates. So, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, something is happening in this place, and let's move forward. And when they get to the abandoned church, they find a body laying on the ground. Um, and it's, I don't know what you want to call it. I call it a zombie robot because it's a dead person, but they're also having mechanical parts on their body. So it's like sparking and it's coming to life and uh, trying to attack them. Uh, it was your first kind of viewing of one of these monsters. And I just thought it was great. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, again, you know, as we get into this of, you know, the, the fusion of man and, and machine and the weird contraptions that we're going to see there, this is just like, you know, a little appetizer, if you will, you know, of the fuck upness that's getting ready to happen. And it's like, strap in because it's going to get even fucking weirder. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like, yeah, exactly. It's the appetizer. It's your first taste. Um, when it reactivates and it's got all the sparks coming off of it and it's trying to attack them when Novikov tries to confront it and it disembowels him, like it literally drills into his body. I just love the fact that they had his intestines hanging out. And as they drag Novikov's body away, you see the trail of intestines, you know, just being dragged along the floor. And I was like, it's such a great shot. Yep, yep. Uh, again, like when it comes to the gore in this movie, it's like they do not apologize. They have fun with it. And that's one thing I will say about this movie is that, like, this is one of the movies where the effects and what they were trying to do, again, if they had – just remember to just spray their actors so they look like they were sweating or something like that. Uh, mm-hmm. This yeah. is one of those movies, like, like Texas Chainsaw, where the the nastiness and the gore is like so in there, you can almost sm- smell the nastiness of this movie. Oh, yeah. Like, it was definitely almost there, not completely, but at the same time, I was, I was on board, you know, just because of seeing that first zombie robot. Um, but after Novikov dies and they drag his body away, Sergei says, well, obviously I'm the right choice. Like, I'm second in command. This is the way that Novikov would want it. But you have Vasily who's like, no, fuck you, dude. Like, I'm the guy. Like, I'm the guy that you want. And, of course, everybody else is like, no, nah, yes, yeah, Sergei, you're a guy. He's <laughs> like, yeah, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> you are you know, fucking nuts. That, you know, <laughs> yeah. <Vasily's laughs> we're, 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 we're all communists, but we vote Sergey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And at this point, 
an elderly man, uh, a caretaker, if you will, he enters the church uh, as there's animals in cages, like a dog and a rabbit that Vasily immediately kills. Because he's like, we need supper. Wham, wham, wham. All right, we got supper. Yeah, and no, there's our rabbit. Yeah, this dude. Yeah, this dude, man. That's a, he. Like he's got some fucking nuts loose, man. He is all about fucking killing whatever <laughs> the fuck he fucking finds. Yeah. Anytime it doesn't matter he if it's like, give a shit. you know a, chi- a child, a woman, you know, old person, yeah. you know, uh, you know, <laughs> a rabbit. He he's got fucking issues. <laughs> He does, because the, the caretaker comes in and immediately gets shot um, by one of the men in the crew in the leg. So you're yeah. like, whoa, whoa, wait a second. Yeah. What the fuck, dude? Like, you don't shoot him. And he, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. He, just, he caught me off guard. But they immediately decide that they're going to interrogate this old man to find out what's going on in this village. And he just tells them, listen, they left. Like, people in this village, they either left or they're dead because there's a doctor, and he's turning people into things. And that's really all I know. That's it. Like I don't know anything else. And of course, Vasily takes over as interrogator, and he's like, "All right, let's just chop off a finger. Let's see if that's going to make you talk." And he's like, "Oh shit! What? No, no. Yeah, that's going to make you talk, right?" (laughs) No, I'm just here to feed the animals. What the fuck, man? (laughs) I just feed the animals for the doctor. (laughs) (laughs) And you're cutting off a finger, like, and then he got shot. Like this poor old man, you know, is, is just being tortured and just being interrogated. So eventually the old man decides, you know what? I will tell you where the distress call is coming from. Everybody just follow me and I will show you where it is. So they, of course, follow him, you know, guns drawn, ready for fucking anything. And that's when we realize that he had set up a trap. And now we get a lot more zombie robots coming in. (laughs) Um, Holy shit. The fucking slew of zombie robots that come crawling in to this room to kill these uh, Russian soldiers, including the one that I love with the uh, the drill coming out of the mask. I was like, that's fucking so cool. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. The one, the, the yeah, and the one, yeah, the, the, the one where it's like a, a fucked up version. Uh, yeah, where it's just a dude on stilts with this big-ass yeah. Nazi mask, the goggles, and there's this, like, two-foot-long fucking drill. Oh, man. But I was so upset, though, man, because you took out my fucking boy, man. And I was like, so he took out the sniper. And I was like, oh, no, yeah. I like that dude. I'm, I'm always about the sniper <laughs> yeah. when, when, when it comes to first-person shooters. I'm yeah. like, oh, he took up my guy. I lost the bet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, I was like, oh, he's, so he's going to be the one that's going to make it to the end. <laughs> yeah, and you have uh, Ivan, you know, uh, at some point, you know, he's, he's the, the big tough. So you think he's going to make it through, but he doesn't. Because one of the zombie robots has, like, a fucking cage on its face, and it snaps open and shut like teeth, and it gets them right in the fucking helmet. And it's like, oh, shit. I was oh. out. No, Ivan's so badass, though. He's still in it, man. It's just that his helmet is crunched around his head. He's still in it, all yeah. right? He's not out yet. Yeah. He's not yeah. out. He's not out. No, he's not. No, he's so, you're right. He's not dead. He's not dead. It's just that, that they caught him on the helmet, so he is still very much alive, but not really going to be in fighting shape. <laughs> he has this uh, yeah. helmet crushed around his head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then Good. we see some of the, we see some of the, some of the other quiet muscles jump in, and they start sitting there, you know, mm-hmm. trying to sit there and get a chokehold on these things, and they're fucking stabbing them like around yeah. the neckline, you know, like, like like you would, you know, for that tendon 
right in the neck like you normally would on a human. But nothing's fucking happening on these guys. And you're seeing the the muscle that they had, which was about three or four guys, get easily taken out by these weird weird ass fucking mechanisms. Yeah, these these weird steampunk, you know, just I just I love them. I love all these monsters. <laughs> this is so cool. Yeah, I, um <laughs> But during this we have a, a little moment where they, they managed to fight off the zombie robots long enough to find out that there is other survivors that are Germans. You have Fritz and Hans, a young boy, and a nurse named Eva who have been hiding from the zombie robots. Vasily's like, let's fucking kill him. Let's get it over with. But I want to rape her first real quick. Is that cool with everybody? No? No? I'm reading the room. Not cool? Uh, no. Right. So, yeah. And everybody's like, no, that's not cool. Like, you know, let's, let's not do that. Like, we're not that bad. And he's like, all right, well, what else can she do? And she's like, well, I'm a nurse. Like, let me help Ivan. Like, yeah. I will help him. And if I help him, you know, I'll be on your side and it's going to be fine. And, well, okay, let's see if we can get the helmet off of Ivan first. And when she pries off the helmet, his brain comes with it and kills him. Oh, dude, <laughs> brain pants, brain pants. Oh, it was so fucking good. <laughs> it was all so sweet. <laughs> just slimy. Oh, just seeing that fucking brain just pop out of the helmet. And they're like, well, that didn't help at all. And she's like, I'm sorry. No, but she, she, she was so horrified because she, like, she was just fucking sorry. She was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> It well, was she awesome. honestly was. She was, like, really upset about it. Like, she's like, I thought I could help him, but obviously his brain came out. Um, so at this point, Alexi is ambushed by one of the zombie robots and killed as more of them start to creep into the church and close in on the group. But they managed to escape through the church's catacombs. And, you know, at this point, it's like, what the fuck? Like, there's fucking mechanical monsters, and they're real, and what the fuck is going on? Like, we don't – nothing is making any sense. Um but then you throw it in that Dimitri has been deceiving him the entire time. That he's been using a radio jammer to block contact with high command and faking the distress call. It's like, holy yeah, shit, what, yeah. Dimitri? You? <laughs> you deceived us? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then, he, and then it's also discovered that he's also the, a captain, so therefore he outranks everyone that's there because the highest is a sergeant and – he now takes command going, uh, yeah, guess what? This fucked up shit. Okay, we have to sit there and capture that old man. That's the new mission. We got to capture this guy alive. And they're like, alive? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, alive. They're like, fuck that. <laughs> he's like, no, you don't, you know. And then, and then he's like, I, you know, we, we have lists of all your family, all your family members. And if you don't do this, they're all going to fucking die. Everyone is yeah. – all your family is going to fucking die if you don't go through with this mission. And they're like, well, fuck. Yeah, and, he, <laughs> and he also reveals that that's why he has the camera because if they don't succeed in their mission, at least there's going to be film to kind of prove that they went through what they could, but they didn't succeed. So that's the whole reason why he has the camera. You know, is that like, yeah, you know, right. this is the whole mission, but at the same time, you know, the camera is going to record everything, and we'll be able to document it in case – they can't capture, you know, the doctor. They can't make it through. Uh, so, yeah, of course, Sergei and Vasily, what the fuck, dude? We're going to fucking kill you. And like you had said, yeah, you can't because <laughs> I'm a captain in the Red Army. So, if any of you try anything, your family's dead. 
And they're like, well, fuck, you know, <laughs> what are you going to do? We have no choice. So they go deeper and deeper down into the catacombs of this fucked up place where all these zombie robots are, are moving around. And we have Hans coming back, four fucking little Nazi Hans. <laughs> I was just a Nazi, but I kind of care about it because he's like a little kid. Like, he doesn't know. <laughs> he doesn't know any better. I, I, and they find I, I thought it was funny as shit. <laughs> oh, I, I, I loved it, and I love what happens to Hans, and we'll get there because what happened to Hans is fucking tits. <laughs> so I loved it. Yeah, but, um, because Hans, because Hans is also wearing Nazi youth uniform. Yes, he, he, he's got yeah, the he's armband. He's wearing a Nazi. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's wearing the Hitler youth shit, and they're like, okay, well, we have this mysterious uh, shaft that we got to go through to get to our next save point. Sure, this yeah. weird ass fucked up video mm-hmm. game that we're in. So we're going to send you down, and uh, we're going to hold on to you. We're going to slide you down, and you let us know what happens. All right? So they <laughs> slide him down, <laughs> and oh, my God. Nice. I, 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 uh, <laughs> the kids start yelling 999, and it's so fucking funny because there is absolutely no sympathy for anyone in this fucking movie. I fucking loved it because the kid yeah. gets fucking yeah. torn the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we see him go down into the chute and he's screaming nine the entire time. And then you see a bunch of smoke popping up and him getting sucked down in there. And then we have the, the one Nazi uh, zombie robot coming back up with the drill in the face and the mask. Like going, oh, no, shit. No, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. This is when we get introduced to Propeller Head. This is where we get into mm. propeller head. You're right. That's because yeah, that's he, right. My yeah. favorite one. My favorite one. I we forgot about it because we, a, we 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 yeah. we have all the smoke shoot up the uh you yeah. know the shoot and then he comes just fucking up and it's just this weird ass fucking body with a fucking Messerschmitt uh nozzle on the top like a uh, fuselage on the top of his head and uh, airplane propellers. It's, like for a face, like seriously, you need to watch this movie just for this fucking to understand what the fuck we're talking about. But he just oh, yeah. goes around yeah. and then he's working, uh, he's, he's working away around his room, <laughs> just spinning his fucking propellers and chopping shit up oh. left and fucking right. So it's good. just it's, it's so fucking, fucking badass. Yeah, like, yeah, what you said, monkey? You know, yeah. <laughs> it's, Literally, it's so fucking. If you cool. can imagine it. Audiences at home, if you could fucking imagine this, and I don't think that you'll be able to unless you see the movie, it's a giant fucking propeller, and then there's a torso with legs and arms, and that's your fucking zombie robot. And it just walks around spinning the prop, you know, walking around the room until they're like, you got to cut the lines. And, you know, finally when they cut the lines and they're able to kill this uh, propeller zombie robot, and unfortunately gets a blade into Fritz, who dies. Who cares? He's a fucking Nazi. Fuck off. (laughs) Uh, you know, I have no sympathy. I just love the fact that his body just drops with that propeller prop right stuck in the middle of his forehead. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, so, 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 you know, so room clear. Listen, we move on to the same next save point, but they're like, you know what? Fuck that. You know, this is some fucked up yeah. shit. Fuck you. You know, and they sit there and take camera boy and throw his ass right down the fucking chute. <laughs> and he's like, let us know what you yeah. find, motherfucker. Gosh, <laughs> yeah, Sergey, Vasily, and Sasha, who are the three remaining, they like Monkey had said, they stage a mutiny, they throw him down the chute, and then you have Dimitri screaming, please help me, like, please, oh, my God, what the fuck is going on? I don't want this anymore. Like, I don't need any of this. I want to be out of here. 
Um, but it's a kind of interesting line of dialogue when he puts the camera on himself and he's like, yeah, Mom, Dad, I know that the Russians captured you and I was hoping that I could get you to escape because of this footage, but uh, I'm dying. <laughs> I'm going to die. <laughs> so, uh, sorry, I failed. And if you find this, yeah, I hope they, they, they make your death easy. And it's kind of an interesting thing that, you know, they kind of put that in there, which I liked. It wasn't very lazy, where they show you that Dimitri's parents were captured by the Russian government and being held so he could get the yeah. Dr. Frankenstein. Yeah, where uh, pretty much he's put in the exact same position that he had to put the, the fellow soldiers in to get this mission done. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's not just the fact that he's a dick and he wants to, to be, you know, taking over as captain. You know, no, he has a whole backstory about his parents, and, which I kind of liked. It's, again, not yeah. a likable character, but I like the fact that he threw them in there. So, um, yeah. He's eventually knocked out by Ivan, who's been turned into a zombie robot. And when he wakes up, he finds himself being held hostage by the caretaker of this movie, who turns out to be Dr. Victor Frankenstein, a deranged descendant of the original Victor Frankenstein. And as far as he doesn't seem like he's that crazy or that mean or that much of a villain, um, I like the fact that he has this huge fucking pot of Eintopf, which folks at home, if you don't know what Eintopf is, it's German beef stew, usually made with beef ribs and basically just mixed together in a big pot, and it's fucking delicious. Like, if you've never had Eintopf, (laughs) yeah, highly recommend it. Because it's so much more than just beef stew. Like, there's a lot of vegetables, a lot of beef, a lot of stock in there. Um, I remember having it as a little kid when I was growing up because my grandfather, my father's side was German, and I remember having Eintopf, and I loved it. So when he uses this as a plot device (laughs) to keeping up Dimitri's strength, I was like, yeah, that will do it. Because that will definitely fucking coat your stomach, and you're definitely going to have a lot of protein. A lot of energy after having some eye top. Um, I, I, I also liked how while, while he was up here and examining things and whatnot, um, you know, we, we start to – as he's going around checking out stuff, you know, we, um, we get to see Dr. Frankenstein's office. And, I, yeah. you know, I yeah. didn't like the first-person uh, point-of-view stuff. Until mm-hmm. this scene where we're doing the changing of scenes, and it was almost like going to an eye doctor yeah. because you know oh, you're yeah. checking out something it's yep. fuzzy and it's and it's click click clear, you know, and um yeah, and we finally get a we get a break from the, the entire movie because there's no score, there's no music, there's no nothing. No, okay, nope. until we nope. until we get to. Frankenstein's office, and there's a little bit of music playing and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, nineteen uh, nineteen thirty style German music, and uh, yeah. oh, okay, we we have a little we have a little bit of Bioshock going on here. Um, another video game going on, which mm-hmm. you should totally play. Yeah, no, I, um, and I was just like, all right, all right, all right, uh, li- yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, Bioshock. Like, okay, here's a little. Okay, cool. Because I was like, here's a little nod to Bioshock. I'm kind of liking this here. And we have this yeah. odd little moment of him shooting around the office, um, 1930s style music playing in the background. I really, really dug it. Um, and yeah, then we have yep. him, and then we have him pan over to this case, you know. And there's a fucking teddy bear with a human <laughs> head yeah. attached Talk to about it. it. Yeah, oh, shit. <laughs> and oh, shit. and 
and the teddy bear body is moving, and the head mm-hmm. is moving as well. <laughs> and then you don't know until you actually go back and look into this, because the actress who did this was credited as Frankenstein's mother. So apparently yes. he yep. took his, <laughs> his mother's head and attached it to a teddy bear and then put it in a fucking glass case for him to keep an eye on his mother. So this is just one yeah. of the many, many weird experiments he had going on. And it was yeah, like, again, it, it, his yeah. office, the whole, the whole scene with his office, I fucking loved. It was super short, but I fucking loved it. It's, yeah, it is very short, and yes, you do have to do your research to find out who that woman is that's attached to the teddy bear, because you know, otherwise you'd have no idea. But again, like we said at the top, this is the Dr. Frankenstein that I fucking love. Like, this is what Dr. Frankenstein should be. Like, this is a guy who was working with the German army and said, nah, I'm good. Like, I'm, I'm, just, I'm not into this. I'm going to do my own work in my own factory, in my own town, you know, and you guys would go fuck off. Because I'm a fucking madman who just wants to make mechanical fucking monsters. Like, I have a generator. I can crank out as many as I want. Like, I don't care. Like, <laughs> this is Frankenstein as he should be. Again, Clive, Colin, uh, Colin Clyde did a great job in the 30s Frankenstein. But this one is just, that's who Frankenstein should be. Somebody that's obsessed with just creating. Yeah. Agreed. And after we get his strength up, then Frankenstein, excuse me, goes around and takes him on a tour of the facility. And this is, again, like, you know, now, now that we're getting to this part of the movie, the movie definitely, definitely picks up and just goes into comfort zone for me. You know, because it's oh, like, yeah. I'm like, all right, <laughs> yeah. creature, de- because he's like, welcome to my lab. Let's check it out. And it's just creature designs all over the place. It's just. Creature mm-hmm. after creature after creature, they are all obedient to him, listening to him, and we get to see all these cool fucking monsters that are going on here, and the, the things that he's creating, and again using the, the sorry, um, and again and you, you <laughs> using the camera to be like I want, sorry I got distracted by something, um, you using the camera and going I want you to record my work now, I want you to sit yeah. there and yep. preserve. Yep. My work. And, yeah, like you were saying earlier about the generator, he was like, you know, my grandfather, you know, was with the original Dr. Frankenstein to do things. He had to sit there and wait for bolts of lightning. And this is where we get to where the <laughs> yeah. king was saying, was like, fuck that shit. I got a generator. And he points at this giant, huge-ass metal ball that's got these, like, you know, weird-ass spray-painted lightning bolts on it going, obviously, don't touch that motherfucker. All right. And he walks around with this. <laughs> yeah. um, giant box you know, strapped around his neck and it's got a red button and a green button. He's like, I can do anything if I fucking want. And it brings in, you know, one of the soldiers that were part of the Soviet battalion. And they're missing mm-hmm. a leg. And then one of the other um, of his creations goes and brings him a fake leg and hooks it up to him and she's like that and then he, he puts the diodes on his head smacks the ge- generator you know big, big ass electrical charge sound going on and he's like oh look and now he can fucking walk because I'm a fucking genius yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it it was so just maniacal but it makes sense um, I love the reveal of Hans when he's basically just a big ass fucking pot now with a Nazi insignia on it and legs and like, yeah, that's, 
That's Hans. And like, Hans! And then he goes, blah, 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 and just walks away with Dr. Frankenstein. Like, that's what became of that kid. And I just fucking loved it. I was like, that's my, my favorite one other than Propeller Head. Just the fact that he just, he, there's no use to Hans whatsoever. He's just a fucking pot. <laughs> and he's no, you know, he's, he's no, he's a, no, he's a, he's his walking toolbox because when he because he's oh, a pot yeah, he's open right. and he's got a bunch of tools in there, so he's pretty much an assistant that walked around. So yeah, the Nazi youth also like Igor. this little fucking walking yeah walking toolbox. Oh my god! And the fact that he yeah, and the fact that he wasted no time at all. That's the other thing is like he just no. has so yeah. many ideas yeah. for so many. Yeah. He's like, well, what should we do today? Fuck it, let's make Hans into a toolbox. I, I need a fucking walking toolbox. Come on, you know yeah. that's what we'll do today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and just following him around, and we also see that Sergey and Vasily have been captured. You know, Vasily missing an arm. You know, laying on on a, a, a bed. You know, just kind of just being suffering. And when he sees Dimitri, starts laughing. <laughs> there he is. Yeah, there's our captain. <laughs> what are you gonna do now? <laughs> And it's like, oh, shit, I don't, I don't really know what to do right now. I'm just recording at this point. Um, because at this <laughs> point in the movie, we discover that the Red Army is approaching. Like, you can hear artillery fire going on in the background. Yes. And Dimitri's like, hey, listen, they are coming, uh, so you need to work with us, the Soviet government. Like, just do something that's going to help us, you know, be the power of, of the world. And Frankenstein's like, yeah, no. You know, see, I have a better thing in mind because I want to end this fucking war. Like, I want to end it all, you know, so we can go back to having peace. So I'm thinking, you know what? Let's take a Soviet and let's take a Nazi and fuse their brains together. Like, that's cool, right? Like, that's going to be Dude. awesome. <laughs> it's going to work. It's going to yeah. be great. And this is what's going to be the thing that ends the war. Yeah, and we have this moment where he's like, look, if we sit there and do this, we're going to sit there and crack this guy's head open. And we sit there and have this awesome, awesome stall scene of them cutting open the heads of the dudes. And, yeah, I'm always just oh, a Nazi, sucker for a yeah. bone saw, man. You know, I'm, oh, I'm, I'm always a sucker yeah. for a bone saw. <laughs> Yeah, and being his <laughs> skull is being sawed open <laughs> so he can get that half of the brain. <laughs> and then we find out that Eva, she didn't survive, and she is also now a zombie robot. You know, she's got that weird fifth element fucking thing going on with her hair and the, uh, yep. you know, the weird kind of thing. And, you know, she's singing away. I dug and it. She's cutting into Sergei. <laughs> I, I liked it. Because she had, like, the breastplates, and one had the uh, the Red Cross on it. <laughs> yeah, Frankenstein was having fun that day when <laughs> he gave her the breastplate. You know, one having a, a Red Cross on it. Um, so while that happens, Sergei is like, hey, listen, Dimitri, save me. Save me from all of this before I get fucking killed by this maniac. And he's like, I'm sorry, I can't do anything. I don't know. I, this is crazy. And he's like, well, fuck you, dude. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to fucking kill you, and I'm going to take my revenge. I swear I'm going to take my revenge. He's like, okay, well. I'm going to stand over here while your skull gets broken open. <laughs> yeah, and, and his brain, brain while what is going on. Yeah, they says, yeah, they literally take out half his brain, 
put it with half of a brain of Nazi, so therefore they can see eye to eye. And this will end <laughs> yes. the war, is if we can sit there and do this uh. and just mix their brains together. And it's like, oh, um, okay. Um, um, I, I, I understand yeah. what you're saying, and I'm liking what <laughs> I'm seeing because it Not was more. just, again, a, a, a nice thing of them just cracking shit open, cutting stuff, and literally just – it was just them going in and, you know, literally cutting their brains. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Frankenstein. Just every once in a while, like, some shit that, like, like the actor who did this, again, was just so fucking solid. You know, because anytime like, something gooey or something would get stuck on, he would just, like, kind of flick it away. <laughs> he was just like, like, oh, yeah. oh fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Carl Roden played Dr. Frankenstein in this movie. But, yeah. When he's putting the brain together, and he's like, yeah, that works very good, very good. Okay, I like this. And he's like, oh, shit, no, that's, that's extra. And then he's sort of fucking sawing off a piece of the brain. He's like, yeah, we don't need that. No, 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 this is very good. This is very good. It's going to work. We're going to be okay. And he's like, you know, no, no, it's, it's fine now. You know, and then they hook up Sergei to the generator, and he's clearly dead. But he hits that generator, and Sergei comes back to life. You know, and he's, I just love that shock. Uh, to the body of Sergey, where all of a sudden you see his eyes open up, and all of a sudden he's like, oh, yep, yeah, he's back, you know, and it's like, okay, well, this should work, you know, the two brains being together, they're going to work it out, and it's going to be fine, but the Red Army's artillery is starting to shake down the factory. It's starting to, to crack it open. So Frankenstein yeah, decides at the last second, close and audible, we're just going to grab Dimitri and throw him on the fucking table. Like, I, listen, I got to go. <laughs> Things are not cool right now, so I'm I'm just gonna put you on this table. He's like, well, we had a we had a deal, like you know, everything was gonna be fine. He's like, yeah, you know, I, see the thing is, I don't care about you, I I, I, I don't. So I kind of want you to be my last experiment before I have to gather all my documents and go. So are we cool? Are we cool? No, we're not. Uh, it doesn't matter. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna do this anyway. And who comes back? But Sasha, who has somehow <laughs> managed to evade capture the entire fucking movie and kills Dr. Frankenstein. And, of course, Dimitri's like, what? God damn it. Why? Why? No. You could have just taken him down some other way, you idiot. You fucking idiot. <laughs> you know? And he's like, sorry, listen, man, I need to take it dead. Oh man! And, and, and he fucking cuts that shit off, throws it in the bag like you know, fucking Clash of the Titans. You know, <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, I'm taking the head, and oh yeah, I'm taking this film. Oh, and little oh man, in case you missed it like five minutes ago, um, the monsters kind of only listen to Frankenstein." So, <laughs> if he's not around, yeah. according to Frankenstein, they kind of go a little crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I should have probably told you that earlier, but you didn't want to listen, you know. But Because if you see in the background, Sergei coming back to life, you know, and trying to break out of the shackles, you know, because he does have that in mind. I don't care. I'm still going to fucking kill Dimitri. But, of course, Dimitri is screaming his fucking head off as uh, – and Sasha comes back with the fucking bloodied head of Frankenstein. He's like, all right, see you later. He, no, 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 hey, come on, fuck you. Join Come back. <laughs> <laughs> right, see you later, comrade. 
I'm about to go have an orgy with Stalin. (laughs) (laughs) And as as Sasha leaves, we see Sergei getting up and coming towards Dimitri, who ultimately kills Dimitri, you know, in the process. So Dimitri's out. Sergei's still a zombie robot. And then what do we do with those documents as we close out the film? But we have Sasha standing next to Stalin. Oh, photo up. (laughs) Taking a selfie. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, this weird fucking photo op of him just kind of standing next to Stalin. Stalin's just like, yeah, we got the power. <laughs> you know, but you don't have practice science. Because well, you don't know how do. fucking science works. <laughs> well, because that was my whole thing about the ending. It's like, that's cool that, you know, everything worked out for Sasha and he got to be a part of Stalin's inner cabinet. But at the same time, you know, Dr. Frankenstein's dead. So are you really going to have a guy that knows the science to be able to create a generator to bring people to life as soldiers, as like mechanical soldiers? I don't think so. I don't think they're going to be as smart as Dr. Frankenstein was. So to make it work. Yeah, but, that, but that's also but, – but also don't forget the little thing about – okay, Frankenstein only had some notes because he made the comment, right. the rest is all up here. And right. yeah. therefore – you don't want to sit there and have to reanimate the shit. You just got to find a way to reanimate that fucking head so you can actually get a hold of everything that's in that fucking head. Oh, shit. So you're saying that they'll reanimate his head so it comes back to life so he could basically tell all the secrets to the Red Army so they right. create but, soldiers. Because he said he that's only took so many right. notes. Yeah. The rest of it is right up there in his head. So that's why Sacha went and took the head is because that's the hard drive. Mm. See, I thought he took the head as, as proof. Like, I thought he took the head as, like, you know what? We met him, and I fucking killed him, and there's the fucking head. There's the guy you've been after. So put it on a pike. Do whatever you want with it. I didn't think that they were going to think of reanimating it. Wow, that's a good point. See? Ah. Yeah, I didn't think that. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was a trophy. Honestly, I thought that was a trophy. Like, I thought that was, like, something Stalin would want in a fucking case. Like, we killed Dr. Frankenstein. You know, we, no, we killed dude. him, and now no, I'm dead. No, that's where the shit is, man. You sit there, one of those creatures. You got to sit there and get into that head, and that's how you do it. But do you really think they would know? Like, do you really think they would have the capability to reanimate that head? Like, I just don't. I don't think they would have the knowledge that Doctor Frankenstein had to be able to hook that thing up and, and bring it back to life. Dude, man, they they put Nazis on the fucking moon. They put Nazis in the middle of the earth. You don't think they they reanimate a head? The Russians? No. The Germans? Yes. I definitely think the Germans and their scientists will be able to do it. Russia? (laughs) No. Again, not trying to get political on the whole thing that's happening right now. I just I don't think that they will be able to do it because German scientists are the ones that got brought to the U.S. after World War II. And they're the ones that worked on NASA programs. Like, that, that's fact. Unless, I mean, that's stuff that you can look up. Unless, yes, yes, it is. Unless this is the, what kicked it off to where they were able to figure out the shit that was going on. This was just the Kickstarter right here of the the Soviet science superpower that it is today. Is it, though? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, you know. If they, like were, a, if they uh, were able know. to have... If, the, if they were able to hack an American ele- presidential election, I think, yeah. 
Well, they've got a lot of help in that, thanks to a certain, you know, golden tan person that basically just said you can do whatever you want. <laughs> you know, you know. I mean, I'm just saying that made that. Why? I'm just saying what made that. I'm saying what made that person a president was because of Russian yeah. hacks. <laughs> oh, I mean, but that's. I mean, that's hacks. I mean, that's that's computer technology. I mean, we're talking about uh, you know this aspect of it, bringing somebody back to life. It I all mean, had. I, to, I don't think they could. All had to start from somewhere, baby. All had to start, and I think it was all Frankenstein. Frankenstein is the thing that started the great downfall uh, of the United States. Yeah. yeah anyway, well, you know, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's bad. I'm, I'm trying not to get political, but yeah, Putin, you fucking bit off more than you could chew. The Ukrainians aren't fucking backing down. So they're, they're not going anywhere. You know, you need a Frankenstein on your squad because the Ukrainians are going to stick it right up your ass. So <laughs> I can't wait for it. Uh, but uh, with that being said, yeah, that was Frankenstein's Army from 2013. I liked it. I'm glad that you picked it because, like you said, it's like a fucking guar show, but with fucking weird zombie robots with zombie uh, Nazi insignia all over them. <laughs> you know, like Psycho Gorman, you know, came to life and, and did all this. So it's a lot of fun, yeah. and I hope you guys seek it out. Yeah, again, it's, it is a fun movie once it picks up, but it takes a long, long yeah. time for it to pick up. And that's the problem. And it's and only once you get to that that's fi- problem. <laughs> yeah. But once you get to that final act, the movie is totally worth it. Once, seriously, once you get yeah. to that final act, yeah. Yeah, it is fucking awesome. <laughs> once you get to that it's last act. It's just so fucking much fun. Just like, cause you know, the monkey and I are big into practical effects and monsters and things like that. So that's why we loved it as much as we did, because I love to see what people can come up with, uh, and that's why it worked. Um, but as we close out the show, uh, the ghoul, he will be back next week, hopefully. You know, better, feeling better, ready to talk about his film pick of the week. And he did make it uh, during our show, so we are going to be talking about Scream. That came out in 2022, this is here. I mean, if you want to call it Scream 5, you can call it Scream 5, or you can just call it Scream. Directed by Matt Bettentelli Open and Tyler Gillette. So I saw this in the theaters in January. I'm already knowing what it's about. So, Monkey, that is your homework. Uh, well, no, actually, you're off next uh, week, aren't you? Nope. Uh, I am on vacation next week, my friend, so I'm sorry. Look it will be down you. to you. you. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> it will be Taking down to you, the ghoul, and the dean. I will actually be taking a, uh, a week's vacation, and this will be the first time I've done this in 12 years of actually taking a week's vacation off. So Where are you going? <laughs> well, I'm just heading down to Virginia to catch up with Ian for his birthday. Um, and catch up with uh, fa- family in Virginia. And, and, yeah, and hopefully we're going to sit there and introduce Ian to handling firearms and shooting off his first rifle. So this, so I'm really, really excited Ooh. about this. Oh, I can't wait to see how he likes that. That is amazing. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yes, uh, folks at home, unfortunately, the monkey is taking a week off as, as – uh, we often do. I never take off. I don't, I don't know why. I should probably take a week off, too. Just to explore what a Wednesday is without talking there. But I can't because I'm here for you always. I always have to be the, the ringmaster of this thing. So you can, I will take, you next can week. take a week. You can take a week no. off and go visit and go visit Romero like you should. And I, we can I handle that weekend and you can come back with a report. <laughs> <laughs> 
I plan on it. I also plan on a couple trips this summer, uh, but it won't take away from Talking Terror. But I will have a vacation planned uh, coming this summer where I plan on going to Pittsburgh. So we will get a report on that. But, of course, enjoy this much-deserved vacation, Monkey. I know that you deserve it. You work hard. It's time for you to play hard. We will cover everything next week when we talk about Scream from 2022, the Dean and the Dean and I. So why don't you go ahead and sign yourself off as we close out this show. Right, I'm your slightly Simeon psycho Simeon. Thanks for listening to tonight's episode of Punk Terror and dealing with all of our wonderful, wonderful professionalism that we do along the way. Good night, everybody. Mwah! And of course, there's technical issues as always when you're dealing with a website. Uh, we had one tonight, but luckily <laughs> it didn't go on too long. And I was able to jump right back on and, and continue the show. Uh, like I had said, next week we're talking about Scream from 2022 while the monkey goes and shoots guns with his son, which is fucking amazing. I can't wait to see pictures. Um, but as always, hail Satan, hail Odorous, hail yourselves, keep America strong, watch horror movies. And, of course, it's like we said in the show, not keeping it political, but Ukrainian, we stand with you. Be strong. Fight off Putin and his bitches. Fuck Russia!